0: Startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from Startuprad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. Today, bringing you another interview in our series with investinhessen.com, the state where Frankfurt is located. You know, we bring you always interesting startups looking for international expansion, maybe looking for investors and international cooperation partners. I'm very happy to have Sebastian as a guest here on startuprate.io. Um, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. If you have not already done so, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button and leave us a nice comment. As always, there will be a link down here in the show notes where you can find everything we talked about as well as Sebastian's LinkedIn profile and his company website. Sebastian, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Joe. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show.
0: Totally my pleasure. It was long in the making, but we get to this uh, soon after. We may say that you are the founder of what some people may call a prop tech called Homefully, headquartered here in Frankfurt. And as always, I have been stalking you a little bit. Um, on LinkedIn and as always your LinkedIn profile will be linked down here in the show notes there depending on the service you are listening to this there's a link it's either working or not working not our choice and there you'll find the blog post and in the blog post there is the link to your LinkedIn profile so people can link uh, can link out directly to you or reach out directly to you on LinkedIn did I just make up another word I don't know um And um, basically, I've seen a lot of interesting stops along your way. Um, I realize you went to university in Cologne. Despite that, you went to a school in Thailand. You went to university in mainland China, Dongbei, Um, in Warsaw, and University of North Florida. So, Tell us first a little bit what you studied and how it led you to become the founder and CEO of homefully
1: yeah happy to do so um I think you listed uh, a lot of a lot of stops along the way in a, in a very correct order already um so first of all I did during my bachelor's degree um, I studied international business um a semester abroad in Thailand so that was my first uh, my first longer stay abroad um. After my bachelor's degree, um, I started working um, in asset management for um, a wealth management company in Singapore. So we did help uh, German and Swiss clients to invest in Asian Pacific stocks. And I also helped building um, an Asia Pacific value fund with, with stocks, um, basically uh, focusing on yeah, the Asia Pacific region. Um, afterwards I, uh, did an international MBA and this MBA program had several stations. So it started in Cologne, the, uh, university of Cologne, um, followed by a semester in, in Warsaw at the university of Warsaw, then uh, a summer school in China, mainland China in Dalian, Um, and it finished with, um, the master thesis in Florida at the university of North Florida. So I was I was collecting quite quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of different countries and quite a lot of different university and, and work arrangements along the way.
0: I actually found uh, your stop in uh, Thailand very intriguing. What I had in mind was you laying on the beach uh, w- with the tablet and studying there. I do assume it was not that way, but that was the picture I had in my mind. Um, w- we do have a lot of listeners on Himalaya from mainland China. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience at Dalian? Um,
1: yeah, so in Dalian, um, we had three months of university there. Um, and it was a really interesting time. Um, we were coming directly from, from Poland, transitioning transitioning to to China. Um, and it was a very exciting time because suddenly you're realizing, and this was for me the very first time that I have realized that when traveling abroad, you're not understanding the language. You're not understanding anything at, at all. Um, because at at this point we were not in a in a in a big city. At least um, considering the fact that a six or seven seven million um, city with, with six or seven million inhabitants in China is not considered a big city. So um, you don't have a big international uh, population there. Or you don't have have really an expat scene there, despite being such a big city for European standards uh so it was really really interesting and we got a lot of help and support from um our our local our fellow students there who were able to speak chinese and who were able to 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 speak mandarin um and this was for me the very first time that i i really had to rely on 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 my on my fellow students there because you are you are getting exposed to a world where you really don't understand anything at all uh, out of sudden when no one speaks english when no sign is in english and you're just realizing, okay, this is a compl- I,
0: I really feel that. I've lived in Beijing. Well, I Beijing. I love Beijing. Uh, uh, I still miss it. But uh, what, what helped me a lot were uh, the people were kind and understanding when I tried out my Mandarin. It got better over time. But at the end, I was still only able to see, say very stupid things like, uh, I want to buy that. This is too expensive. Uh, I want to take a cab to this and that place and so on and so forth. That was really nice. And w- what's also funny is I was once uh, there ordering beer, and I uh, held up my index finger and my thumb, which is apparent, which is the Chinese symbol for eight. So they gave us eight beer for two guys. <laughs> that was that was one of my uh, my funniest experiences in China. But they they smiled nodded and gave us a beer just amazing place um let us get a little bit serious into business as you said value investing we'll have a link down here in the show notes um it's a certain approach for investing and um i i do see you you've also made some stints at investment banking uh here in frankfurt um Anything you learned there like really useful except for uh, working long hours and uh, really testing the limit of Excel? <laughs>
1: um, you're right. I came. That's that's also the reason why I came back to Germany, back to Frankfurt. I, I used to work in a, in a job in investment banking consulting. Um I think this industry is still a very, very interesting industry. I mean, you, you have a steep learning curve. Um, I was there for uh, almost three years working as a, as a consultant there. Um, at some point, I think you have to decide if this is the industry you want to stay in. Um, like you said, long hours. I mean, you get paid above average. Um, you, you, you need to have uh, especially an interest for such a fast-paced environment. Uh, that's for sure. You also need to have interest in financial and capital markets, um, but I think it's a really good industry to learn and to grow. Um, but for me personally, I always had um, the idea to start my own business, to start something uh, on my own, to start the entrepreneurial journey. So for me, that this was a really good, a really good time where where I where I learned a lot apart from uh, financial modeling in Excel. Um, so I think when you enter this industry, you have to be you have to be very very clear on what you are what you are getting out of it and what you want to get out of it, and then you have to decide at some point um, if you if you want to leave after two or three years, really really take advantage of that learning experience, or if you want to stay into that into in, in that industry and make like really work up your your career and work up in the ranks. So I think both options are possible
0: even though we did not discuss this, but you gave me a great launch point to ask why you decided to leave and start Homefully. It it, it just worked out wonderfully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: you're welcome. So um, I did start Homefully essentially as a side business with my co-founder at this point. So we never really tended in the first place to build um, a market-leading startup here. So. I came from abroad. I always lived in different co-living arrangements back then when I, when I was studying and working abroad. Um, and I came back to Frankfurt. I came back to Germany and I realized, okay, the current real estate market here is not really comparable to what I have experienced abroad. So there were almost no places that offered furnished living. Um, a lot of places that I, that, I, that I looked at didn't even have a kitchen. Um, and that was something that I wasn't that I wasn't really used to, or that what I was not really expecting at this point. Um, so we decided.
0: Um, we may add for everybody who's listening to this or watching this from abroad. So basically, you're not referring that there was a uh, apartment layout without a kitchen, but in Germany you have those built-in kitchens. That means uh, all all the installation, all the plugs, uh, uh, water, wastewater. Um, uh, energy—they—they're they're all there, but you would still have to put in all your furniture, all your electrical, um, uh, all your electro stuff, like the fridge, like the oven, and, and so on and so forth. And you have to pay for it yourself. Uh, German thing—we don't get into details, but basically, the place is there, but the furniture is missing. That's what you are referring to, right? <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. And I—I I lived in—I lived in different countries. I moved. Around quite a lot. I moved on average every six months to another place. So I was I was used to get that kind of flexibility, which I didn't really see in the in the German real estate market. So we decided to launch homefully our co-living approach as a side business first and then it accelerated and it grew and grew. And at some point I decided, Okay, I need to decide if I want to continue doing my job, if I want to continue being employed, or if I want to do that full time and I decided to to yeah, to go all in, uh, take the rest, take the take the risk, uh, quit my job, and and start doing home fully full time.
0: I see you guys are active in Germany as well as Switzerland. A uh, big greetsie to Switzerland here. Um, I was wondering, did you feel any change over the last year, especially like an uptick um, in? In requests in in um, tenants from the UK after Brexit or something like this.
1: So we always had um, a rather big crowd, a, ra- a rather big customer base coming from abroad. So when you look at our at our portfolio at our customer base, we have roughly fifty percent um, that are German nationals, and the other fifty percent are internationals and expats. So, mostly those 50% like internationals are from other European countries. So, Italy, Spain, France, and the UK. Um, I don't even, I, I don't know exactly when the Brexit discussion started. I think it started at some point already back in 2013 and, and, or 14. Um, but we didn't really see a big, a big change. We always had a pretty, pretty good amount of, of internationals coming from the UK. Um but I I don't think we saw this like huge wave at some point of like people from Britain flooding flooding uh the financial center of Frankfurt.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. Uh let, let us now after we've like all the macro stuff out of the way, let us get into the micro stuff. Like what you guys are actually offering. Because my understanding is you're not building like big apartment blocks with apartments, with a lot of bedrooms and say, okay, that's co-living, go guys, that's it. You have a different approach, right?
1: Essentially, we do both. So um, our approach is to work with existing inventory that is already built, that is already on the market. But we are also working with institutional investors and project developers to work on hopefully project developments in, in cities, in prime locations, and we are focusing on, on very central locations and on the most vibrant neighborhoods to create co-living spaces where they are needed the most, essentially. Um, so this is something that I think um, differentiates us from the competition because they either do one or the other. And we basically work with both approaches in this case.
0: I see. I'm um, so talking about the most vibrant neighborhoods. uh my question would be how do you actually pinpoint the most vibrant neighborhoods for example um, in Frankfurt I would say uh, Bahnhofsviertel the red light district around Central Station is pretty fancy there was even an article in the New York Times talking about that that's a pretty good hint maybe it's it's already too fancy but uh, how do you how do you actually do that in other cities for example somebody, who's moving to Zurich, how do they f- find out what's the heart, what's the next big place uh, to be?
1: We're Using two approaches simultaneously. So first of all, we're having um, a pretty clear framework of KPIs, how we rank certain parts of a city on a, on a micro level. And on the other hand, we are already um, in the business for almost five years now. So we already bring in quite a good amount of experience um, so we deem ourselves, um, not me personally uh, on this level, but our, our team of community managers. Um, we see them as experts for that particular city. So we can offer a broad range of different co-living spaces throughout that particular city. And like you already mentioned, you have very different kind of neighborhoods within within one city. You have in Frankfurt, for instance, the Bahnhofstädel neighborhood, which is very urban, Um, very central, like you need, um, you need to want to live in that particular place. And you also have, for instance, um, the West End area where it's a bit more quiet, where it's also very central. And then we basically choose or we pick automatically, depending on your preferences, uh, the neighborhood or the area or the co-living space that fits you the most ideal. That's, That's kind of like our approach in this case.
0: I had another question when you've been talking like um, you work with project developers basically to get a project like a building developed to your needs. Um, I would be curious, where are you looking around? And if this interview right now uh, is heard by a project developer somewhere in the US, in Asia, somewhere else in Europe, would would you be open to talk to them as well?
1: Absolutely. So um, we are currently targeting the top seven cities in in Germany. So the top seven are uh, essentially the the seven biggest cities, uh, Frankfurt, Munich, Berlin, Hamburg, Stuttgart, Cologne and Düsseldorf. Um, But we're also uh, interested in working together with project developers in other big European metropolises. For instance, in Zurich, we already have uh, our first international hub. And we also plan to expand further into, into new international cities and international markets within 2021 and following.
0: Something you have in mind there, uh, j- just an just, uh, instant thought would be something like Paris, uh, Barcelona, Madrid, stuff like that?
1: So Paris is very much on our list. Um, Barcelona, I think it's a, it's a, really, it's a really great uh, city, a really great spot for co-living in general uh Not only because of the weather, but because it 's like a very very vibrant tech scene that is that is that is growing there so yeah absolutely those those kind of cities are the ones that we are currently that we are currently looking at and that we are also currently targeting.
0: We recently talked to Sebastian from uh, Sleeves Up, co-working spaces here in Frankfurt. And he talked about that he's more interested in debt financing because his co-living spaces are usually a case for uh, the, the normal bank credit. Uh, what, what would be your approach? More equity or uh, single financing of uh, debt financing of single projects?
1: A bootstrap for the for the very first two years. So we put in our own money and we grew organically. And after two years, we realized okay, capital is our bottleneck when it comes to expansion. And we raised our first round from, from venture capitalists. So we did our first round with HV Capital in early 2018. Um, and that's the way we grew forward. Um, we're planning to raise a new round in this year, and we're looking actually for a mixture of debt and equity financing because we have a, we have a certain part of our business that, um, is, that is ideally suitable for equity financing. For instance, when you are building, uh, like in our case, your own technology when you're investing in the operational part of the business and into the brand. And on the other hand, we're also looking for debt financing when it comes to jointly developing those projects together with either a big real estate institutional investor or a project developer, because this part is more suitable or can also be suitable for for debt financing. Um, A third part that is is maybe not not part of the traditional uh, financing scheme is something that we call committed capital. So we're also looking for a strategic partner in the real estate world where um, we basically bring in our operational uh, excellence, our operational approach, and the real estate partner is bringing in their asset, their real estate asset, um, part of their portfolio. And then we jointly develop this case together. So we bring in our co-living approach and they bring in committed capital in the form of a real estate
0: asset. Mm-hmm. i see so you're looking for many different investors in many different forms and you're open for real estate investors for project developers in the real estate space as well as institutional investors i can see the charm for institutional investors for example like a pension fund who actually owns a building they work with you and you uh help them to get it rented out on a normal price on a constant on a constant basis and they generate a constant cash flow I, I do I do see uh, the utility for both sides there um, let us quickly talk a little bit about who is actually living in your spaces and how the experience would be for a person like this. Let's say you're living right now in Barcelona and you just want to move to Frankfurt and using uh, HomeFully. How uh, would you start and what's, what's the usual customer journey there until uh, they actually get the key?
1: Um, so I think the use case that you're you, you just describing is, uh, is, is perfectly for this. So ideally as a HomeFully customer, you have a medium to long-term stay in mind. So we don't rent out our co-living spaces on a day-to-day basis. Um, We start with a three-month minimum stay, and you can essentially stay with us for as long as you want. So we see ourselves uh, sort of like a community builder, and we want to foster those relationships that 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 basically uh, occur when you live together with other people that are in the same in the same uh, yeah basically in the same Period of time or in the same period of your life. So our customer, um, on average, they are in between their early to mid twenties to the early mid thirties. Um, many of them, half of them, have an international background. Um, and you basically apply it through our website. So you don't need uh, to travel to Frankfurt. You don't need to physically look at the space. You can pretty much do everything online, and the entire process from looking at the apartment to applying the apartment to signing the rental contract until your move-in date is being scheduled until you actually move in at some point in the future is being done entirely digital and 100% online.
0: What would be a potential tenant need to show you? I know in Germany, if you rent an apartment from like not an institutional investor, they usually do have a very long list of requirements for the very simple reason, when you want living in an apartment in Germany, it's very hard to get you out. So they they do all their due diligence before. Uh, is it also like a meter long list uh, of stuff people have to show you before they can move in there?
1: Um, we do the we do the approach in a, in a, in a I would say in a much more consumer friendly way. Uh, so first of all, we don't discriminate. We don't discriminate by by language. We don't discriminate by nationality. Uh, we make it much easier for you to move to Germany if you don't speak German, uh, which is a big hurdle, a big obstacle in in traditional real estate when you apply in a regular way. Um, so we have a we have a basic set of uh, documentation of verification that you can pretty much upload. Uh, with a, with a very convenient self-service process as a, as a potential customer to us, and then we verify that in our backend. Uh, this is also being done automatically. Um, what you what you have to do is you are um, you're submitting um, your preferences. Um, for instance, the time you want to move in, the date um, the date your <clears throat> your new contract or your new working contract in that particular city starts, um, your budget your ideal roommate uh, setup, like are you, are you more interested in one or two roommates or do you want uh, a co-living space as big as possible with maybe six, seven or eight roommates so you can make as, new, as many new friends and uh, build your, build your uh, social network, network as quickly as possible. Um, and then we do a qualification call with you, so one of our community managers is going to reach out to you. So this is like a a 10, 15-minute interview. Um, And then we basically uh, offer you to sign sign a contract with us. So the approach is much more convenient and also much more consumer-friendly in this case, that we rely less on bureaucracy and more on technology um, compared to what I would call the, the traditional way of renting an apartment.
0: That pretty much sounds like it would be the ideal way of a student, an intern looking to rent um, space for some time in Frankfurt, as well as a a tech professional who just got his first job there um, to actually get their apartment uh, on time digitally or at least a space in an apartment. Um, Sebastian, it was just a pleasure talking to you. Everybody who would like to learn more can go down here in the show notes. There'll be a link, as I said, to your LinkedIn profile, as well as to Homefully. And in how many languages is Homefully available right now?
1: In uh, German and in English. Um, As soon as we expand to other countries, we're also going to add more languages.
0: Mm, sounds pretty good so in german and in english go down here in the show notes and you will be able to digitally secure your living space wherever you get an internship or a job sebastian thank you very much it was a pleasure having you as a guest
1: Good time and having me you on your podcast
0: if you are a professional looking at the european startup scene germany is a place you cannot miss Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.eo, the authority on German startups. This English only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.eo podcast or check
1: for the StartupRad.eo internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.eo skill as well.